Hello, Pastor Lisa Bates Froyland here from Redeemer Lutheran Church in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Welcome to our fourth season of the Redeemer Lives, Redeemer Lives podcast, a more portable way to take in the weekly preaching and music here at Redeemer. This season, we weather the winter months together. Join us as we prepare for Christmas in December and get to know Jesus through scripture and song in January, February, March, and then head toward a crescendo in April with a retelling of Jesus's death and resurrection. Imagine that, a religion founded on the promise that new life can emerge from death. And lucky us here in Wisconsin, because nature will be showing us this truth at the very same time. And now, here's the sermon. I love this faith of ours because we can continue to learn every passing year or to realize something anew in a crystallized way that somehow had been hiding in plain sight all these years. So 53 years a Christian, and I didn't realize that in the book of Matthew, this proclamation of the greatest commandment comes the day after Jesus had gone into that very temple and turned over all the tables. He had cleansed the temple. And that cleansing, what a wonderful word there. It's kind of like, I know many of you are in the medical profession, cleansing a wound, right, Amy? That can be a very painful process, right? Sometimes the cleanser itself has to be strong enough that it hurts, and sometimes there is debris within the wound that needs to be taken out piece by piece. It's not an easy thing, such as it was when Jesus came in and cleansed the temple. We're going to be talking much more about that, of course, next week when it is Palm Sunday. What he did that day was to confront a merciless and punitive temple system in Jerusalem and to confront the religious higher-ups who had thrown in with the Roman occupying force rather than resisting it as their religious values would surely direct them. So in, after all of that, he takes a break to stay with friends in Bethany, and then he returned to the temple and went inside and did something like a press conference or a teach-in, meeting with not journalists but the religious scholars, the religious lawyers of the two brands of Judaism that were ascendant at that time, the Sadducees and the Pharisees. And our gospel says... The reading picks up, Jesus had already silenced the Sadducees. Well, how did he do that? What were they asking about? They were asking that question about if you'd been married to up to seven people during your lifetime in the resurrection, who is recognized as your spouse, right? This was before it was okay to be married to multiple people at the same time. (laughs) The social conventions had changed. And, of course, the answer there was none of them. There is no need for the convention of marriage um, in the great resurrection, the hereafter. So he had put that, um, he had silenced them in that way. So now here come the Pharisees. And given how Jesus had tossed the temple the day before and really had been preaching and teaching an upside-down kind of economy, a revaluing of who is blessed in the society and all of that, the Pharisees just had to call the big question. Okay, Jesus, 
what commandment of the law is the greatest? His answer was their answer. The Shema, as it's known in the Torah, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. And a second like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. No need for radical change here. No turning things upside down. No need for Jesus-inspired update. I don't know about you, but in my life, it seems like everything needs an update. <laughs> From A to Z, if I'm thinking of my computer-based world, the two programs, tell me if this is the same for you, that always need updating. From A to Z, Adobe and Zoom. Am I right? Oh, my heavens. Overall, our communication technology has rapidly changed and been updated over and over again, and usually with a big um, uh, outcry from those who thought things were just okay as it was. You know that there was a time when people opposed books. They didn't want people always with their nose in a book. Well, now we've gone to AI chatbots and the possibility of deep fakes, and we are still alarmed by communication technology updates. Think about the world of fashion. Blue jeans. How is it that something as simple as blue jeans can change and be updated and updated, right? Up here, down low, big pant legs, small pant legs. Somehow that needs an update. But this core commandment of our faith needs no changing. Love God with your heart and your soul and your mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. Yet it does need to be lived, this love. It does need to be realized, this love. It does need to be rendered into action. When it comes to religion, faith-inspired love is not just a thought or a feeling or a Hallmark card. It is words and actions, and it's taking risks. So how? How do we love God and love our neighbor as ourself? Here comes anybody's temptation to, as the scriptures say, wrangle with words. Wrangle with words. Look at your bulletin cover. That looks so simple and so direct. Love God. Love others. End of story. And yet, if we wrangle with words, we would say, okay, it says to do so with your heart and your soul and your mind. It doesn't say anything about your body. <laughs> so maybe you don't need to be, like, physically present anywhere to love God. Maybe I can just think or meditate, or be in my mind about it. What about who is not my neighbor? Maybe there are some not neighbors that I am commanded not to love. Who might they be? Certainly throughout human history, people have come up with answers to that question of who they believe is not their neighbor and thus does not need to be loved by us still a problem when we wrangle with the words. And if you do so, then you're just not getting the heart of this commandment to love God and love our neighbors.
And indeed, hate seems to be on the rebound, or just louder than usual. Um, the number of anti-Semitic words and actions, anti-black, anti-immigrant, seem to be so much on the rise. All those old classics, fueled by grief and fear and perceived scarcity, sin. I think all of us coming out of the pandemic, if that's what's going on right now, are dislocated in a way. You know how, if you've ever dislocate a, dislocated a shoulder, all of a sound, sudden nothing feels right? I think as a people, we have suffered an entire dislocation. And in trying to make sense of things, we are grieving collectively to add to the personal grief of so many people in this room from losses of loved ones. In grief, things get strange, and we might act in ways that we would never expect ourselves to act. And so we see things like a surge in violence, so many overdose deaths, vocational malaise and questioning, why am I here? What am I doing this for? Is there something else that God is calling me to do? Social awkwardness. So we're coming back slowly, but we'll never be the same, especially as the entire climate is shifting and changing too. Love God, love your neighbor as yourself, can feel like a safe harbor amid the rolling sea. And as you're rolling on the sea, be careful of that 5,000-mile-long floating seaweed patch and the tons of discarded plastic. So look, there may be a few people who love themselves too much. Any of you know somebody who might love themselves a little too much? When you love yourself too much, we call that idolatry. And it is a way of not loving God by putting yourself first and depending only on yourself. However, from my vantage point, far more people don't love themselves enough. Yes. And how does that show itself? Sometimes it's in how we steward ourselves, how we take care of ourselves. And when we don't take care of ourselves, sometimes that shows up in resentment and anger toward others. For me, stewardship of myself means I need to move my body several times a week in a vigorous way. That's the number one way. You might have something else. So I've devised this silly little thing that I do on the wall calendar at home. And yes, I still have a wall calendar at home. So anytime I go and do a workout, I come back and I reach into the drawer and I take out two pens. One of them I write what I did, yoga, I fit, run. And then I take a little pink felt-tip pen and I put a little heart next to it to show I loved myself enough that day to go take care of myself. And then, you know, at the end of the month, how many pink hearts are there? Well, it depends. Sometimes I feel good about that. Sometimes I think there needs to be a few more pink hearts out there. How you steward yourself may be a different matter. Love God, love your neighbor. The legitimate question remains, how? 
How now do we do this? So again, I'll speak for myself and my calling as a pastor to this church at this time when we are still (laughs) in the midst of the capital campaign, which has, praise be to God, been very successful. But there still is several hundred thousand dollars yet to collect. And sometimes I feel like I'm tap dancing for those dollars, and I don't tap dance all that well. But I would do just about anything for those dollars to come in, because we need some upgrades to our building here. So I would. Why would I do that? To support the far less visible actions of this church which are its beating heart. And I'll give you an example of what I mean from last Friday. Friday started out at Jeff's wood shop looking at how a pew is being transformed into a table, a table that will be auctioned off, money for the capital campaign, and that was fun. And then I went to the elementary school just down the block here and saw my little K-5ers that I love so much most of them um, refugees and immigrant families that are just getting to know these United States of America. And then there was a meeting with the bank to ask them to give us some, some interest on the money that we are storing there. And then, a home visit. A home visit to a man whose name is Leroy King. And it took me a while as I was driving away to realize his name means King, King, right? Leroy, King. He was a man who loved to come to worship while he had the mobility to be able to do so. And toward the end, he would ride a scooter all the way from his place in this neighborhood to come here. He had a piece of wisdom that he wanted me to share with you today. And this is it. Do not take your mobility, such as it is, your freedom, for granted. Thank God for it every day that you have it, and to the best of your ability, do the work to keep it. He is in housing in this neighborhood that necessitates any time he needs to go for a medical appointment, people have to come up the stairs and physically carry him down those steps to go to his appointment and carry him back in. Diabetic for quite some time, now he faces treatment for lung cancer. And so I came, and I noticed that there was no chair near his chair, and so my option was to kneel. So I knelt before the king. And I felt grateful that I'm still able to do that at age 53, to do an entire visit um, on my knees. He would love to be here today, but he can't. So because I'm supported by this church, I'm able to bring him Holy Communion, and used anointing oil to bless him in preparation for the treatment ahead. Because if I were in Mr. King's chair all day long, I would want someone to bring me communion and to pray with me and to listen to my fears and my faith and to do it not because I'm so popular or wonderful, but because they love God, because they love God. So at the end of that visit then, still down on my knees, I realized I hadn't planned ahead for getting up. (laughs) I go, okay, well, getting down into this position went okay. Is there any chance I'm going to get out of this position with any grace at all? 
praise be to God, gave me the strength to get back up again on my feet. So that's me. But what does all of this mean for you? These little poems of St. Catherine of Siena, she only lived 33 years, did you know that? Both kind of talked about the empathy and the love and the compassion. And I know many people in this room are teachers, they're in the health professions, they do a lot of helping in their vocations. And those who are in business also find ways to live their faith in that way as well. There are a dozen ways. But I wanted to give you a few minutes of quiet to think about this. So I'm going to ask the question. I'm going to pause. If you want to close your eyes to meditate on it for a few minutes, take a few breaths. Here we go to think about these questions for you and listen for a holy answer. God, how do I love you? Lord, how would you have me love my neighbors as I love myself? So that's you. And we could meditate all over again about what about us? How do we collectively love God? How do we collectively love neighbors as we love ourselves? The two-part commandment needs no update, just how do we follow it? That needs a fresh look every time the sun comes up. Thanks be to God, though, that when we try and we fail, and we try and we fail and we fail again and again, the grace and the forgiveness of God is right there to catch us. We don't need to do a single darn thing for God to love us. That's already there. God will give us another chance when we fail. Thanks be to God for the gift of Jesus Christ, whose love for God and us led him to make the ultimate sacrifice and to be killed, a victim of that hate and fear, only to rise from that death and show us that hate does not get to be the end of the story. Love wins. Love wins. Amen. Send your zero right away.
Cautionary measures. If love and peace you treasure, then you'll hear me when I say, Oh, oh the love in me of a love today. there you have it, a sermon and a song. Hope you are inspired, fortified, challenged by these podcasts, and also willing to donate to support our ministry here in the heart of Milwaukee. Online, go to www.redeemermilwaukee.org. An old-fashioned paper check means no fees. The entire gift supports the ministry here. Send a check to Redeemer Church, 631 North 19th Street, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 53233. Our Fearless and Faithful Capital Campaign invites anyone to help us with financial contributions, big or small, to make our physical home at the corner of 19th Street and Wisconsin Avenue ready and able to worship, for education, and especially for outreach in decades to come. Information on Fearless and Faithful can be found at the website www. RedeemerMilwaukee.org. Until next time, may our gracious God increase your hope, strengthen your faith, deepen your capacity for love, and grant you peace.